Welcome to the Unmachine Yourself podcast, a podcast about the future of leadership. My name is Rowan van Voorst. I'm an anthropologist of the future, and I'm the science advisor at Hatch, a platform that helps individuals and companies become future-proof. Together, Hatch and I, we make this series. Why? Because we see that the world is changing quickly. We face societal transformation. And the mayor players in this field, we believe, might well be CEOs, innovators, leaders, people in resourceful corporations, or perhaps radically new type of organizations. I want to understand how these people drive the change. I'm not talking greenwashing or pinkwashing. I'm talking actual radical new ways of working. I'm talking the future of work. In this podcast, I get to speak with the front runners of this moment. entrepreneur, writer, and mother. Her career started in 2011 as the co-founder of creative agency Pup. She started Bedrock, an online magazine for conscious and healthy lifestyle, and she founded Salad Bar Sla, which means salad, together with her husband, which is the first and most successful organic salad bar in the Netherlands. Now, this has grown to 12 shops throughout the Netherlands, where a lot of attention is paid to, for example, training the staff, the employees, on important issues like climate change and well-being. Thank you so much for coming to our very creative studio today. I think the coolest studio I've been to so far. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I invited you specifically because I've known you as an entrepreneur. Um, I was invited, I think, to one of the trainings that I just mentioned. And there you told me that sometimes you have lectures or you have workshop evenings for your staff. So I really want to dive into that later on. But I want to start with something that is not about the future or about modern leadership, but about now or about the past even. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a child? What not? (laughs) I wanted to be so many different things. I I think I started off by wanting to be a veterinarian, right? An animal doctor, but veterinarian. Yeah. And um, I wanted to be an actress, a dancer, a performer later on. So it was really a lot about performing, uh, a TV presenter. I even started a bit of my career as a TV presenter for MTV. I did some small things and for a Dutch TV channel, Veronica. Um, so I was along that road, um, uh, but so as a young girl, I, th- I, I loved to do a lot of different things. Uh, and I think that's still, that stayed the same as an entrepreneur. The things that I do are quite divided. Like I do a couple of different things and um, some, I talk to my coach sometimes. I have a coach uh, and she told me also like, um, I, sometimes I doubt myself, should I, maybe stop with all these different things and start focusing. But she said, no, this is really your path. You are destined to do different things that suits you much better. So, yeah, I think that correlates with how I was as a young girl wanting to be all these different things when I grew up. 
So like more like a multi-talent, multi-passionate entrepreneur, they call that, right? Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then ha when was it that you decided like, no, I'm actually, I'm actually an entrepreneur as well, because mm. that's a big difference from being a TV presenter. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it actually, because I was still studying, I was doing a master's in journalism uh, because I was doing this present television presentation work and I thought this doesn't feel, it doesn't give me like um, fulfillment enough. Mm. So I want to study, do a master's in journalism so I can also create programs that I want to present. Um, so during my master's, I come up with the idea of starting um, a creative agency where we bring worlds together. So the cultural world together with the creative world, actually like the cultural older people with the younger people and bring these worlds together like but more also the tra traditional and then the modern or something exactly yeah. or i i notice that these cultural um uh instances cultural institutions institutions yeah. were looking for younger audiences and the younger audience was looking for more depth or other things to do than partying uh, and then i also noticed that there were so many creatives looking for jobs and then there were brands also looking for younger people to work with talent. So that's where on that crossing field, that's where the idea for my com first company started. Uh, so it wasn't really like a convincing thought, I want to be an entrepreneur, but it was something that I rolled into because I was still finishing my master's as well. Uh, but it was, I think after I did Bedrock, because that was together with a publishing firm. And I, for the first time, I was working in somebody else's company. So I had the freedom. I also um, had shares within, the, um, within Bedrock, within the company. But I was working in somebody else's company. And that was really when I realized that this is like, I want to really work for myself. That's, mm. when I'm, that, that's when I'm uh, on my best. Yeah, so I hear you say, well, I think that this sense of freedom and, you know, making your own day or creating your own things, that is really yeah. important for a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders. But the other thing that you're saying is creativity. I think yeah. this is why we also wanted to be in a studio where we're surrounded by art. Art, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think every entrepreneur is a creative in essence? Yes, I mm. think so, actually. Because you, um, in a certain way, you have to be a foreseer as well you have to like feel what's coming even though you nobody can look in the future of course we can follow trends or maybe hop on a train when it's already starting to roll but as an entrepreneur you have to like you have to i think open the same areas in your brain uh, that are like they're necessary for creativity and for foreseeing what is coming or feeling what your uh, customer wants and I think those are all connected with each other. Yeah. And, then, and you have to be creative in terms of what is happening in the world and how do I have to adjust? Yeah. Because I think like the, what, what qualities a successful entrepreneur should have. One of the most important thing is um, to just keep going on. <laughs> yeah. Like keep, yeah. Like being resilient almost Re or committing. Totally resilient. Yeah. 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 Yeah, let's talk about, I, I'm coming back to that one, yeah. but I was, I think when I was doing my research, I read that you and your husband came back from abroad yes. and knew that there were salad bars abroad and yeah. kind of missed having the option here in the Netherlands to have affordable, healthy food takeaway. Yes. 
because it just wasn't existent, which is crazy now if you yeah. think about it. But that yeah. was, it was all normal in the US, but it wasn't existent here, right? No, it's funny because in the US, my the first seed was planted while I was on a study trip in 2004. Um, and then I came across a salad bar, which was like, it was actually just a salad bar within a little supermarket, but you could pick your different ingredients and at the end they would shake it and you could take it away. So this was in 2004, I was still studying, not even thinking about doing something like this. And then we went on a trip and we read a book, um, which isn't really relevant now anymore. But it, the interesting thing about the book is that it really connected research to what food does to you. So it was more of a like background information or more understanding that I got, okay, so this is what food can do for you. Yeah. And then um, maybe like, interesting to say but uh, the first experience that I had with healthy food was with my father who got sick at a young age uh, and started adapting his diet and his lifestyle and and could live nine years longer than what they expected him to live so he lived 11 years instead of two uh, so that was really my first um, experience as yeah. a human being yeah. to see this is what lifestyle can do and for him of course it was too late so I think like something intrinsic in myself uh okay I want to do it before it's too late yeah um so that was where my motivation came from and then this book understanding and then this necessity um yeah missing missing something that wasn't there because we live in, in Holland we really have this bread culture yeah still but it's becoming less but so we eat bread for breakfast most people uh, we eat bread for lunch and then it's a difficult way to get in a lot of greens and vegetables yeah so that's but then why it's still a big leap from i can see the intrinsic motivation yeah i can see also perhaps the business woman that you are like hey there's an opportunity but you had to kind of become the owner of a salad bar, which seems kind of scary at that point. So how did you how did you dare? Was it scary yeah. at all or was it no. just a courageous move? No, I'm not. Um, I'm really bad at seeing risks. <laughs> so I think on the other hand, it's good. That's why it's good that I'm working with my husband because he's more conservative. And with my first company, I was working with... Um, uh, Anne-Marie, and she was also more of the conservative. That was with Bedrock or with, with Pup. Uh, so I think that's why I'm looking for partners because I always, the companies that I start, I always work together. Um, preferably with somebody who is at the same equal level as me. Uh, and then I choose people that are a bit more careful because I, I don't know, maybe when I get older now, I would start thinking about it more and more. But at that point, it was just, well, let's do this. I have so much energy. Uh, I love what I'm always doing. So I can't do anything. I can't do something that I don't feel passionate about. So that's the luck as well. I was so passionate about this subject and also about, we were really motivated by the fact that we wanted to want other people experience what we experienced yeah. when we were eating healthy. So that was our like real motivation to do it. And yeah, it's also step by step. I mean, we didn't grow from zero to 12 salad bars overnight. So that's also maybe what makes it less scary. We just said, let's do this. Let's start one and see how it goes. Yeah. So also not being, I think, really living in the now. And so you're mentioning one thing that you perhaps had to learn or that you intuitively already knew you had to learn. And that was maybe being a bit more risk averse or being... Um, Overthinking a bit more. Yeah. 
not overly naive, perhaps. Is there yeah. another thing that you really had to learn if you look back like, oh, mm. I became a better leader or entrepreneur yeah. because I learned this skill? Yeah. Um, I think more patience. Mm. Uh, that's really also me as a person. I'm quite an impatient person. But uh, yeah, I think when you're, when you're just starting... Um, your first initial initial thought would be, uh, okay, I'm going to start this, and then after one year, it's going to be successful, and we're going to grow after a second or after five years at least, and then start growing. But I've come to learn that real entrepreneurship um, and companies really need time to grow. So sometimes you can have success in the beginning, but then you know you come in this adolescence phase. They say every company comes in an adolescence phase, and then it's like. Even when you're in adolescenthood, you also have all these hurdles to overcome into becoming a grown-up. And so that's what a lot of companies need. So in the beginning of success, it's easy. You know, you don't have high costs. Uh, and then you grow, grow, grow. And then suddenly, okay, we grew too fast or we made the wrong decisions. And then comes the perseverance and the patience as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really, I think... It would be a lot easier if I would know from the beginning. But again, it's something that you have to learn by experience, I think. Yeah, and this matches well with, um, I was reading your bio and it says sustainable entrepreneur, yeah. which I think links to the themes that you're interested in. But it might also mean if you want to have a business and you want to stick to it, yeah. you don't want to lose after perhaps two years of fast profit. You want to stay there and perhaps yeah. grow steadily. Definitely and exactly. But it's also difficult because when something goes well, of course, why wouldn't you grow? That's your initial thought. And it's such a such a logical thought as a person because our whole economic system is built upon growth. It's only like always growing. And that's why I love also the thoughts of Kate Raworth, the donut economy. Yeah, I think if we would live in a different kind of economic system, it would also be easier to build more sustainable in the long run companies that you don't so much focus initially on, on profit or um, uh, umset. Um, profit no that's a bit, uh, that's uh, the sales or yeah uh, yeah so how much you turnover oh the turnover, turnover. Yeah, yeah 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 so how do you i mean this whole item of sustainability then if you look to your own company because it's it's mm -hmm. pretty amazing always if you have your own company you can create a work environment you can create a work culture how do you guys make decisions? How do you formulate teams? How do you think about sustainability there? Yeah. Uh, you mean, in, so uh, sustainability in terms of the team? And yeah, the, more yeah. of a human yeah. human type of... Yeah, yeah. Um, so what we, we, we run once both. My husband and I read a book. When we think a book is good, we both read it. Uh, and it's called Semco Style from Ricardo Semler. He's one of the most uh, successful entrepreneurs in, I think, Brazil, South America. Uh, and he wrote a book, a management style book about uh, the things that he does within his company to uh, make a successful business. And one of the most things that sticked with us was you have to make all these little entrepreneurs uh, and give more responsibility to your employees. But so we copied that idea a bit by um, actually we have so we have 12 stores and in every store we have a own um, uh, manager franchise manager yeah. is it? no it's not a franchise okay. so it's all owned by us but we have like a store manager and that store manager is responsible for her team 
so she can choose who she wants to um, hire, for example. And she's also, uh, we try and put some extra incentive in it by uh, now during Corona, we, we don't do that anymore. But before, for example, if your profit is high or if your profit is this high and your percentage of costs of your uh, slam hackers is low and the um, money you use to buy the food in, because sometimes you can buy too much or you buy too little, then it's finished, but you can also buy too much, which makes it more expensive. So we have all these li little incentives for them to be creative by themselves and feel they have the responsibility for their own shop. And I think that is really an important thing also, which types me as a um, entrepreneur is that I really try um, to give people confidence mm. or let them believe in themselves and let them do it also. I'm, I'm also quite well letting things go. If I find somebody that I trust, then it's okay. You can do it. You know, I trust you to do it. Yeah. And But it's always finding a balance. I think that is also one of the biggest learnings that I got as an entrepreneur is that being an entrepreneur is something completely different than being a manager. Hmm. A manager is really, you really have to be a manager's type. And I think when it comes to my husband and me, we are more of the entrepreneur types. Yeah. So you have to hire your good managers then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really difficult to find somebody that's, yeah, has the same personality also. Because I think a manager, what we think is important for a manager um, resembles a bit how we are as people as well, yeah. or how we uh, connect with people, or how we um, uh, umgaan. Treat? Treat people, yeah. yeah. And co exist with other people yeah yeah so, um, yeah, yeah so, 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 so you want somebody who then matches that but also is actually better yeah yeah in, in the people skills in or... managing and i think also the problem is that you to be a good manager you have to have a free agenda you don't have to have your own to-do list you're just there for your people and that's the problem with being relatively small entrepreneurs as you open me and myself uh, we still do a lot of work yeah. um, for our company. So we are not um, standing above it. We're really like on the same level. Jop is also talking with his store managers. I'm responsible for the social media. So we're really still working for our company. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot. Yeah. You, you, you were mentioning a couple of things that I want to dive in. First one is you said... In between lines, he said, well, we had this policy, but then Corona happened mm -hmm. and we kind of changed that. So I'm thinking nowadays, I think you have to be rather flexible if you want to stay successful in, in nowadays yes. economy, right? Is that Super correct? Flexible. Yeah. Oh, now, now we are just running into our diving into the second sort of kind of semi lockdown and we're really noticing it again. And you're like, oh, we've been working so hard starting from when it went a little bit back to normal June and we had a good summer and uh, some stores were even going better than before Corona. So it was a good sign. Uh, and then now you notice that it's really people are home much more. We have some locations super close to um, companies where usually they come every day and now it's totally empty. Uh, so it's really, yeah, you have to be flexible. But on the same hand, we are not the, with SLA during the Corona crisis, we are not like thinking about a hundred new ideas to implement. We just want that what we're doing is stable and steady and having the time to focus on 
also a bit of crisis management, but also on the other hand, just staying relaxed and not like being a, in Dutch you have the saying, a cat uh, coming into a small space or which yeah. feels threatened makes funny um, Moves, right? jumps. Yeah. 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 So try to like keep our head cool and not, not maybe think of a hundred new ideas, which mm. actually suits me to think of new ideas, but just uh, keeping it low and yes, being creative and flexible, maybe closing two, three stores in the upcoming weeks um, and things like that. And still like constantly trying to think, okay, is this doable? Can we survive the winter or do we have to make other adjustments? So more on that level than on um, being creative. Yeah. Level. And then I, I guess... Which what... I think is rather boring, but sometimes you have to. Like... Yeah. And then I think what I saw you guys doing quite well was also using social media. Uh, I think I've seen you on a bike delivering salads True. to people, right? <laughs> yes. That's kind of creative. Yeah, that's creative. Yeah, there was my actually my coach telling me that she, because she's really interesting, she's also coaching people from Microsoft, like big, big firms all over the world. Uh, but she's also a medium. So she's a psychic, a bit of a psychic, or she is actually a, a psychic and a coach. That's what I love. Um, but she uh, she said, yeah, I'm seeing this. You have to do this. This is super important for Sly. You and Job have to step on that bike and start delivering yourself. And this was just after the first lockdown. And I was like, oh, I'm not, why am I, after seven years, uh, I'm not going to jump on that bike myself. But then it was funny. I, I felt a bit like a man to speak in stereotypes because a couple of weeks later, I, this idea came to me and it felt like, oh, it was my idea or something, <laughs> my own idea. But she actually implanted it, planted the seed. Uh, but I think it, I needed some time. And then, um, yeah, it felt like the right thing to do. So I made a selection. I went three days in Amsterdam on my bicycle, which was an electrical bicycle. So that made that it made a lot easier. easier yeah. Uh, but and then in all the cities where we have our stores and yeah it worked I think it worked it's always difficult to measure but it felt really as the right thing to do well I mean it seems that Sla and you yourself have quite a kind of consistent fan base through social media also like there's really people who follow you who share things that seems to be really something that not all modern companies are able to do, but that is super important nowadays. What, yeah. what do you think is the secret that people are drawn or become fans, like consistent fans? Good question. Um, I think it has, I think it's, for me, it's really difficult to pinpoint that because yeah. it's something that I also do based on my intuition. It's like an X factor. You know, I try and I think it's what people feel is the passion that we have. Mm. So we've always said, and it's also which fits my character and also my husband's character, where we're not in it for the money. But the longer we exist, the more important we find money. Because, yes, you have to have money to exist and and to make it also uh, in the long run sustainable, your company. Yeah. But uh, so we're not in it for the money. We're in it f for our passion and for the message that we want to or the, the thing that we want to contribute to society in the world. And I think that is what people feel that it's not like commercial or there's not like a hidden agenda. It's real. Yeah. Um, so I think that is maybe. Yeah, I think the that's thing. the word that I was also looking for. It feels really authentic. Like if yeah. people follow you, you'll also see personal snippets of your own life. You'll see yeah. reflections of off days. And yeah. I 
think or what we hear quite a lot in the podcast is that more and more brands notice that people want realness yeah. and they want transparency. They want to see what is happening behind closed doors. Yeah. So that might be part of the trick then, even if it's not a definitely. trick. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think like when you become bigger and bigger, you have to like overthink these things more and then it becomes a trick. And in the beginning, you that's also the nice thing about being kind of small we have 200 people working for us so it's not like super small anymore but if you compare it to an ikea for example it's such an enormous difference and so but you have the flexibility to adapt and change and also make it more personal maybe you know that's easier i'm also really connected to the brand my husband hates being in the front line sometimes we have uh, discussions about it as well because I over, I have my other companies in the meantime so Pup and Bedrock and now my book so, and he's been running SLA all along you know he's been the consistent factor and also the person who is like the, the managing director I'm more of the brand director um, so sometimes on off days he feels that it's a bit unfair because I get all the credits but on the other hand yeah he doesn't want to do it and I'm more born for it I don't I like to do it even yeah he's um, not sitting here no he's not he's sitting there. here we asked him <laughs> I asked him twice <laughs> do you want to join he said no not for me I said oh maybe you would like this but no he's um he doesn't want to be in front of the cameras yeah no but I think a podcast w- would suit him well he listens a lot to podcasts as well but I think because I think that is also an important thing to do as a brand is to make it personal Mm-hmm. Um, so we always try and communicate that as well that we and we are still a family owned business um, we're a small business even though we're bigger because I think that problem came a little bit after we opened like our sixth store that people thought oh this is a commercial brand maybe or you had less of the gun uh, factor mm-hmm. what is that in English the, the I don't you, know if there um, is a direct translation but people have to Trust you the favor, give you yeah, give, give you a favor, yeah, yeah, feel that you're yeah. favorable or something. Yeah. Maybe that's the word. I think so. And that's what you can it's lose like when you grow. Yeah. No, but I think it's easier to to do that when you make it personal, when you connect yeah. real people to the brand. Yeah, and then uh, I already said it in the beginning, but I found that really fascinating that you have your slat talks, yeah, which. Uh, are two ways, if I recall it correctly. So there is sometimes like an internal staff meet where people perhaps see a lecture about a topic that resonates with the value brands or the brand's value. And sometimes it's also open for the audience, right? True, yeah. This was about a year ago that we had these talks. Um, And now actually that, that would be one of the more creative things that I would like to do now with Corona, maybe doing it online, you know, because it has been laying low um ever since but that would be maybe like to create an online class yeah. for because i think one of the origins when we started sla we wanted to we knew that if you want to eat healthy and if we really want to make a change in the world in the way people eat that not only do you have to make delicious food but people have to be educated so uh, it was always in the beginning that we wanted to share knowledge maybe because me and my husband were not the experts per se but we Uh, can invite experts and we can share the knowledge that we learn Um, so this was always the idea from the beginning for SLA and SLA Talks was actually a perfect example of how we could do that and um, uh, internally and externally so yeah yeah, educate the people that work with us and so how does this work in your opinion then or in your insight does it work you just hire people who like to work 
in a shop um, mm-hmm. create salads, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily, they're not necessarily experts already. And then you kind of hope that by giving them information, yeah. you spread the circle. Is that how it works? Yeah, well, I we really notice that the people that come and apply for a job usually almost all say that they have an, a passion for healthy eating or healthy lifestyle. So we we try and look in that in when we originally get like their CV or motivation letter that we can I mean you can't always read that from it but that they are motivated or that they already have like a an interest in the subject yeah but there's so much to learn there's so much to read and to listen to about healthy food and the science around it is also being more and more um there's coming more and more developed, information yeah. yeah and develop because i i really believe that it's not changing i think that that what we know now about vegan diet for example is not like a trend or is something that's going to be overruled later on no this is really like the truth has been revealed um but still some people find it hard to see what information is right and what is wrong and i think that we have a role to play there so even if people are passionate about healthy food i think a lot of people don't really have enough knowledge about it so there's always something to learn even yeah. for me as well do you think because you see nowadays that the the, the more sustainable brands or the, the brands yeah. that take a responsibility they become so much more popular than the bad guys say mm. the, the the older traditional i don't know what the oil companies or at least yeah. the way in which we perceive or the, the fast food restaurants or the fast food restaurants yeah. do you think the most successful f- companies of the future will always be kind of contributing to a better society do you see I hope this? so yeah because you're uh, yeah it's true on the one hand that the sustainable brands or the brands that are yeah contributing or having a positive impact are popular but still like if you see the numbers in the world um for example for fast food restaurants they're so high so it's difficult, you know, but I'm always really a hopeful uh, uh, person. Um, and I think there's coming like um, um, being becoming aware of certain things is the first step into change. And I think like I hope also, but I know that more and more people uh, due to because of documentaries, because of podcasts, because of all the information overload that's out there become more and more aware of the fact that we really need change in the world on political level, on economical level, uh, for companies as people, as human beings. So um, it's like a big collaboration. I think if we as individuals uh, have more um, urge or ask more sustainable things, then there will be more companies because there will be more profit there as well. But on the other hand, the politics have to also change a lot and the economy has to change. For example, the politics would have to put like, um, I don't know the English word, but make it cheaper to buy organic produce and make it more expensive to buy uh, the bio industry chicken, for example, because at the end people look at their wallet and some people can't even pay for an organic chicken. So on so many levels, things have to change. But in terms of the companies, yes, I really hope we have to. I think like now still it's easy to take a blind and close your eyes now. But every year it's already changing more and more and being more and more in front of our eyes, the the results and effects of climate change. Yeah, yeah. You, You mentioned already, I think, a couple of capabilities that might be useful for the future. Yeah. Um like persistence 
not yeah. panicking when the crisis uh, erupts or when things are changing really fast. Mm -hmm. Perhaps transparency in use of social media and branding. Yeah. Are there more things that you think as sustainability or having a corporate? 100%. Um, well, I think one of the most important things that I love talking about is also this more feminine approach on leadership. Mm -hmm. um, so this means that we need more women in like on entrepreneurial uh, as entrepreneurs, but also in high functions, also in politics, uh, because women are, it's more easier for women to express these traits, these female traits or characteristics, mm -hmm. if you can call them. So that's, for example, uh, knowing what is um, like having a good eye for what is happening in the environment, uh, being empathetic and to emphasize with people, listen, being a good listener yeah. uh, and less of the dominant, you know, uh, yeah. bureaucratic, uh, always on growth. We need like a change in the system. Yeah. So it's, it's, you're talking, I'm talking a bit about stereotypes. It's not about stereotypes. It's a bit about certain characteristic traits yeah you're not talking so much about male female but more the associations that we have with feminine yeah and and masculine, and masculine right? and every yeah. human being has both exactly but but in general more women tend to have more of these feminine characteristics but of course i think it's also a super important thing that men also learn to um lead from these characteristics yeah because I, the world needs us i think what i see a lot of you know my colleague futurists for example say indeed like skills or capabilities like intuition or feeling what another person basically wants to say without expressing it yeah that's easier now for schoolgirls, and it's really hard for school boys yeah which is really problematic because yes. these are especially the cap capabilities that robots cannot overtake right it yeah. can only be humans so yeah. if you want to be a good manager or shop manager you yeah. need to have those capabilities yeah and is it because of the boys um, being brought up in a society where you learn to be a boy you're not allowed to cry or show your emotions is that like one of the I think, it, it, you know, there's a lot of debate still, yeah. obviously, and you have more the biologist or the people who say, mm. no, it's really physical. It's also in the brain or in the neurological mm. system. But yeah, most of it is it's a trained skill where yeah. we, all of us, even parents, yeah. um, automatically, without even noticing, we praise girls for explaining things in such nice yeah. wordings. Yeah. And we say, you know, uh, oh, you're such a cool risk taker to a boy yeah so or you say come on uh, the worst thing that i would never ever say i i have two daughters so for me it's not uh maybe this is a son which i'm carrying uh, i don't know but um that you that i that i've read that parents or maybe heard once in a while that that parents especially fathers say to their son come on men up you know you don't cry a boys don't cry <gasps> And that is like, there was this super good article in the financial um, paper in the Netherlands about a psychologist or I think psychiatrist that, that was really devoting a whole article on men and why it's so important for, that a real father shows his tears to his son when he has them. That that is like the best example that you can give. So also there, there's a shift going on, but it's I think it's, it's still... Uh, a long way so in your eyes the best managers and the people that you would very happily hire mm -hmm. they are empathic you say they are intuitive um, yeah. but also combined with results 
adults you know mm, so that's yeah. why that's why both is important yeah but i think um i think not so trying to be less ego driven you mm. know not to make it so much about you as a person but what can i as a person contribute yeah to the world and to society or how can we create this positive impact um yeah i think that is really really important and it's funny that if you look at the for example the the sla talks uh just to mention that example that you use like books that have come out or movies or mm -hmm. you know you do that through social media as well so it's also kind of sharing knowledge that is coming out in the field and then yeah. kind of having a conversation Definitely. about those yes but, but it's also because that's really per where it gets personal as well it's the way that i stay motivated Mm. by chewing or like um um verteren. i say that it goes through my body you know yeah. you, you just uh chew on this information yeah. and then you have new motivation and new arguments or reasons why you're doing what you're doing yeah and i think that is really for me that's important as a owner of sla that my passion comes across to the people that work for sla so that they can Again, because I think that is the X factor. So having this passion for something um, to show it to their to our customers, and then our customers to their to their to their environment. And yeah. Something so then you to... have the ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is that starts with knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I you just said in the beginning it's get, it's getting darker here. Mm. It's nice and cozy. Yes, it's winter. It's winter, winter time. It's winter or time. no, no, it's autumn officially. It's but autumn, so yeah. yeah, it feels very wintry already. Um, but you said in the beginning that you you didn't grow overnight from from zero mm -hmm. staff members to two hundred. Yeah. Um, but you did grow eventually. Yeah. And how do you then? Because one of the themes that is often mentioned by people that we speak to is about like companies need to be human. They need to stay human. They need to be yeah. friendly, and people need to really connect with one another instead of you know having it very efficient. And yeah. Like, dehumanized how do you do that when you're growing i mean yeah. you can't have coffees with all your 200 employees no. can you no and we don't even do the hire we so we we hire our office team but then we have our two operational managers in our office team and they hire the store managers for example and then the store managers they hire their we call it salad makers slam makers so Yes, so that's like it's always a person involved, and we tr because we're not we don't really believe in like this um, system from high to low. Uh, so so we just have like well, we do actually have four layers because of course you have the slam maker and then so on, but because it's one store manager just has one team around him, so that's rather small. And then, of course, if you count up all the 12 locations, then it's a big team. But so we try and make all these small um, small ecosystems within the company. Yeah. Uh, every location is, has its own ecosystem, and every store manager has the freedom also to change certain things. Of course, we have developed and we know which system is efficient, But still, for a little example, we make our smoothies and then we do them in a smoothie pack. So we like put in all the fresh ingredients and freeze it in the freezer because it's also, it also makes it more creamy. And then we combine it with some fresh ingredients. But there were some store managers that said, oh, I don't mind to make it fresh every time a customer comes inside. I have the time. So they made it, they make it fresh themselves, you know, so they're like within the frames, they're 
there's freedom and that may that also gives like a personal feeling to yeah. it uh, yeah. but I must say that um, so I did the delivery myself and this is something that corona gave us that we came back into the company more uh, my husband has weekly calls I think actually now um, the operational managers start doing it again but for a long time my husband also did the operational calls with the store managers and I've been doing these shifts uh, in store so I'm like going two hours in one store and then working behind the counter, feeling, getting a feeling of how the store is, what the environment is there, talking to customers. So these are little things that we still do to stay connected on all levels. Yeah, and what does it bring you? It, it's, it, it brings you the connection to customers, but also the connection to staff members? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and also like seeing, because that's that's what's so difficult. When you're an entrepreneur, you have so much passion for your company and for what you do. That is always, I mean, if you're, if we're um, honest, that it's super difficult to have the same passion if you're an employee, of course. So yeah. I think also that you see different things as an entrepreneur. So that's so important that you work, that you are also really in the stores. And when you become bigger and bigger and bigger, at a certain point, you have to let go. But still, maybe, you know, we. I'm now thinking of, of a system that our whole office would like twice a year do this thing that I did so go um, to a couple of stores be there for two three hours and just put on your apron and work with the people that are with the other slam anchors yeah I can I can see how that would be advantages yeah yeah, yeah. and fun to do as well and fun so to so do. because I'm like super slow you know because slam makers they know the salads by in their head but I don't I, I mean I created this menu and I did all the, the help with the design so I know exactly what's on the menu but still when you're standing there and somebody says oh I want the falafel salad there's so many steps, so many ingredients. So I have to look at this little note in front. And then sometimes I also tell my customers, oh, sorry, you know, I'm I'm here. I don't do this that often. And then they sometimes think I'm new. And if the situation is there, I say, yeah, because I'm the owner. And then, you know, you get a nice conversation. Yeah. And I think it's also good for the slam hackers and the store managers to see, okay, this is the way you can communicate with customers. Yeah. And I can also envision perhaps perhaps incorrect but i think if we're talking about empathy then it would be nice to switch roles every now and then because if you're a yeah. top-notch manager it might be easy to think you know why are you not just doing that yeah but then maybe if you see a row of customers and you panic yourself mm. or it doesn't really work or you're confronted totally with some problems you finally understand like oh yeah. this is actually a complex job exactly it was funny because i was like always being a bit um, irritated when I got the complaints through social media sometimes, like, oh, I didn't I, I didn't get this ingredient in my salad or I didn't get this. But now when I was standing there myself, I realized, wow, it's so easy. I even forgot so an ingredient, you know, I forgot to put avocado in the salad <laughs> and then it was delivered. And so so that's what that was really good to um, experience yeah. and understand to get also get more empathy. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, to the workers. So you mentioned you have uh, two daughters. There may be a son or another daughter yeah. <laughs> on the way. If they would want to become entrepreneurs or leaders, or what would be your tip for their future success? What do you think they would need? Mm. Yeah, well, I would say um, it's really difficult to create something that is not there. So it all it starts with why. That's also a famous quote from Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Uh, it starts with why. So if you really, um, when it comes to entrepreneurship, if you really 
believe in what you do or you really feel this inner fire burning uh, for what you are doing or you want to do, then don't worry too much about the rest. You know, it's easier to uh, hire a good manager than to um, not have an idea at all, you know. So it really starts with, um, yeah, finding your passion and finding what, 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 what you are destined to contribute to society. Yeah. And, uh, and that is also about being more in tune with your intuition, with your body. You know, meditating, for example, is a really practical thing that I do. Uh, and that more and more leaders basis. start to do nowadays, Yes, right? right? Yeah. yeah, it's also because of all this scientific... Um, pro- yeah, um, um, onderzoek, scientific research that's been done on meditation that, you know, even the biggest skeptic understands why he or she should meditate. Yeah. Uh, but it also helps you to zoom out a bit or also to we're so in our minds and in our heads and then sometimes it's difficult maybe where this conversation started to be creative or to feel you know what you are feeling or what your body is telling you or what maybe the world on a more spiritual level or life is trying to tell you i'm i'm now thinking as the world is so quickly changing nowadays and you know you see a lot of people have to make really quick decisions or change their policies or their ways of working because hey suddenly we have a lockdown or suddenly there's an economic crisis maybe it's actually quite good to be multi-talented and multi-passionate because then you have different steps that you can lean on yeah like you have your podcast you're also a book author yeah have different companies so if yeah you wouldn't you have your risks yeah that's totally true my my husband also tells me that sometimes he's quite jealous because i can now sla is quite difficult to manage and it's you know the 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 food business is a really difficult one to be in with this crisis but uh, my book and my podcast is something that gives me a lot of energy so it's good that i have the distraction because i can also my mother once gave me that advice when i was in love i had a dream about leonardo dicaprio (laughs) And I certainly fell in love with him. And he said, try and put this feeling that you have, which like this, this uh, butterfly in your stomach and project it to your husband, you know, then you get something out of it. And that's also with, with Sla now. And my energy goes into this, in this mama and the book and the podcast, but I try and project that energy and put it on Sla a bit more. Yeah, that's a nice one. And I think if we talk about persistence, then that might be what you need in order to persist through difficult times, right? Yes, it's the same with a relationship. I mean, uh, we have to, we, we're not used to things not being fun or we, we don't like that. You know, it always has to be positive and, and successful. And when it's, I think also we lost that a bit when we lost to learn how it is to um, be bored, for mm-hmm. example, which is a very healthy thing to do. I mean, I, today I didn't have my phone with me and I was waiting on uh, on a car and then I was like, okay, what should I do now? <laughs> you know, you're so not used to having this space yeah. Yeah. and boredom. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, um, no, I think it's good to... Yeah, to, to use the energies that you get from different fields yeah. in your life and then project them. But also be... Try and focus, stay focused as well, because yeah. that is really one of the things that I sometimes have difficulty with. Like, I really have to force myself into a deep focus and focus. Okay, now I'm working on this project. Now I'm working on this project. And 
now uh, only working three and a half, four days a week. It's not much because the other 50 I'm with my children. Um, so, I mean, it has some downsides as well, be having a couple of things that yeah. are yeah. asking a lot of energy. But um, no, I, would, I wouldn't want it any, any other way. Before it gets too dark here yeah. in the Netherlands, um, if you would summarize like one hope for the future of corporates, of organizations, where would you like to see them go? Um, I think like the most, the biggest insight that I had recently or in the last couple of years is that it's not about um, losing something when making sustainable choices or when trying to make a positive impact because People are so much focused about, oh, then you have to say no to that or say no to that. But it's it gives so, maybe yes, you have to say no to a couple of things, but it gives so much more fulfillment on a personal level, on a long-term level for businesses as well, to do the right thing. I think we are really ready. We have it in us as human beings to do the right thing. And uh, and I think definitely when it comes to companies, then you ha- your impact is so big. Yeah. Um, so it gives even more fulfillment if you do the right thing and make the right choices. And I think that it's it takes maybe a little bit of creativity in the beginning, sometimes a lot of creativity. But as soon as you adjust and change, then it will bring so much more opportunities, new opportunities, sustainable opportunities as a business in terms of profit, but also in terms of perseverance and how long your company can live. Yeah. And then don't do it because... You can't, but because you want something better. Yeah, and also then, and then I want to uh, say or or like um, maybe give a reassurance that once you do it, then it's not about um, letting things, not having things. It's about being enriched. Like it's a your your company will get richer, maybe not directly in profit, because sometimes you have to let go of a bit of profit to in order to become sustainable. But in the long run, it's so... I mean, I think when you lie on your bed, um, deathbed, I think you would be a lot more happier person if you've been doing the right thing and contributing than if you would have uh, 5 million or 50 million extra uh, dollars on your bank accounts. But again, big companies are diff- more difficult to change. So, so yeah, yeah step well. by step. That seems like the perfect end sentence, <laughs> like is. a threat for how you will feel on your deathbed. Thank you exactly. so think much. Think about it. That's a Buddhist wisdom that you should think about your death every day. And this is something that because my father passed away quite young. He was 51 when he died uh, or 53. And uh, uh, that's why maybe that's what drives me as well, that you know that tomorrow it could be over. You don't know. We don't know when we will die. But it's good to think about your death because then you will also let go a bit of the things that aren't important and also think, okay, what is important yeah. to me? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to the On Machine podcast. We see you next time. Bye.